for this evening is fucking awesome um as you said before is very dirty he's an author he knows this dude knows fucking everyone in comedy it's insane and we're going to talk about that uh we're going to talk about uh two of his books that i happen to actually own and i believe i i, I met him i don't believe it i know i met him once before because i have a signature in this book uh but he doesn't i don't think he remembers so we're going to talk about that uh, so why don't we bring barry out oh. hey there he is hey john how are you, sir? I'm good. Now that I can see you, no, I don't remember you. No, no, I didn't have, okay, I'll tell you right now. I didn't have as much hair and I didn't have a beard and I didn't have dark rim glass. I was a completely different person. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you see me in is now did not exist. He was, he was an elderly black woman at the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, whoopee. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Now I, I was, uh, I was yes, just coming off the color too. purple. Ms. Jane Pittman. <laughs> I hadn't yet gotten the view. It was a tough time. Um, I just want to, uh, I, I look, you look like I just got to call you dude. And yeah. I, I don't talk that way, but oh. you, you look like your grandmother called you dude. I, <laughs> have that look. Yeah. I appreciate that. I like that you're using a different vernacular around me. It makes me feel like we're just breaking ground. Oh yeah. I'll move up to bro real soon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know that's Richie Burns' word, so I don't know. I think he actually hey, licensed it. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> Gunjil does a great impression of Richie Burns. Yeah. Hey, bro. Yeah. See, have you ever had that where like there's a, a phrase that you like using, like you said, like dude, but you're, you're not a dude guy. For years, I've wanted to be a guy that refers to people as cats, like oh, this cat over here. Oh, but I I can't do it. It just doesn't it doesn't work for a Cthulhu. Well, you also were. This isn't 1960. Right. Yeah, I think there's still some guys who could pull it off. You know, I'm they just can, not one of them. But yeah, yeah. you're you're not. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, but not you, not yeah. at all. No, <laughs> most are long dead. <laughs> yeah, there's words I definitely overuse that I wish I didn't say. Like so, like expressions. I say that's awesome a lot, and I very rarely mean it. But like, I don't know what to say, so I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not that cool. I, I think I tend to say sometimes correct. Like I'm a this professor. Oh, oh correct. Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. correct. Yes, very nice. Yeah, it's this. Too, it's not. Yeah, it's not dude, bro, cats talk. It's but, just but correct. I think people would like when people hear oh correct. I think it makes them feel good because it's like oh a smart person told me I'm right. Ah, <laughs> well, you feel like extra well, I'm pretending yeah. to be a smart person. Yeah, like, like oh this guy no, I'm, I'm not just right. I'm correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you do have a very like uh like a good like look with the glasses and everything like you look like you know shit i know you do but you also look it too so like yeah, an air like even air of erudition about you yeah <laughs> wait what <laughs> right, isn't it <laughs> no I don't get you, i think i was right i think you were right there <laughs> yeah i think no, so I'll yeah. thank you <laughs> it's like i'll take the compliment <laughs> correct so so wait do you so do you when you i think it was when you wrote this book is when we met. You wrote this in what, 2000 and, so uh, Barry's the author of 100 Years, A Million Laughs, um, a, a Centennial Celebration of the Friars Club, which is right. an amazing book. So their centennial was in 2004. 
Right. 2004. So. Okay. See, I started. Yeah. So towards, I met you, I think seven months into me doing stand up, which was 2005, because you did a book signing in New Jersey at one of the libraries. Do you remember that? Oh my God. Brick Library. Yeah. Yes. Brick Library. Yeah. And I was working at all the, I, I was like a floater at the time. I didn't have a permanent job there yet, but I had uh, just started doing stand up. And the guy who booked you, Scott Rodas, um, was a close friend of mine. And uh, he was like, you got to meet this guy. He's like a comedy historian. He's written for Friars Club's roasts. He's written about the roast, about comedy history. And he's like, if you're going to be doing comedy, you need to meet Barry. So I snagged your book and talked to you for a little bit. And nice. then, uh, yeah, and you, and you, get, and you were, you were um, guess me, who were my favorite comics at the time. Uh, we talked about a lot of comedy stuff and you were kind of surprised that I knew some of the old ones, you know, cause there's no, like, you know what I mean? Like at just at that point you thought I would have probably been like, uh, you know, I love Dane cook, but <laughs> right, right. <laughs> who I have no problem with, but I was like, <laughs> Oh man, I was like Alan King. And you were like, I'm sorry, how old are you? <laughs> exactly. Um, well, that, that, that's a story of my life. I, I talk about all these guys and they're like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not on this. In this hemisphere <laughs> anymore, I, I can't help you. So, yeah, yeah. That, that was refreshing. But we probably talked a lot because I maybe I didn't have anyone else on the line, and I was bored. <laughs> you know what? Actually, now that I think about it, we probably—I don't know if you did or not. I think I may have waited to the end because I was trying to be <laughs> polite and no, not bother you. No, you're supposed to say your line was so really? long. Oh yeah, no, that's what I was getting at. I was like, I think I waited till the end. The line was long. Like you had people that oh, okay. was wrapped around the whole fucking thing. I was saying, considering um, he doesn't remember you, you could have lied about the whole thing. Like, you know, I could like, oh about God, the whole getting thing. mobbed and people grabbing yeah. lots of hair. Well, I love, <laughs> well, I'm glad it was just on in that situation. I was thinking, you know, did we, I don't know, have dinner? We, we drinks? Were there a million no. people? We, so it was just a, a random. No, you were outside. It was a, yeah, you were, you were, um, it was an outdoor event. So you had like a, your own table set up. And also right. I was pretty sure Scott was like, don't bother him though. <laughs> so I was like, oh, all right. I don't know. But uh, yeah, you were really great, man. You wrote, uh, John, there's a few stand-ups to learn from. Enjoy. Uh, hope to see you in one of these in the future. And I thought, well, you write them. So <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, I hope I hope I am too. But guess guess that didn't happen. No, it, didn't, <laughs> it did not happen. Um, but you're going to write a new one. This is all about you writing a new one. I'm trying to get you to put one in there and then have me in. That's all I want. No problem. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, this is uh, this is a fantastic book. And I also, believe it or not, had this one when I was in high school. Uh, I had to do it standing up because I've been a fan of stand up for years. And that was before I got to meet you. And I loved this book just because um, just the I, I liked the interviews with the with the comics that you got, like the ones that you kind of outlined. I'd never seen in a book before, like Lily Tomlin. This is the first time I'd read anything about Kevin Meany. And his, uh, you know, because he like a lot of the stand-up books I had didn't have those guys in it. So you had a lot of unique people. Um, did you know them before this, or did you do this? I did. Um, Kevin was amazing. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Kevin's amazing. Kevin was, was amazing. He, he was incredible. Um, such a cool guy. The the cool thing about the book, I so I went out to L.A. to interview a lot of the ones that are out there, mm -hmm. and I wanted to actually do a whole piece on where I was when I interviewed them. Because depending upon who they were, um, like Jim Gaffigan, we went to a Mexican restaurant. Wow. Um, you know, uh, Carol Leifer was at Starbucks. 
Um, <laughs> you know, and there was Sam Levine. I don't know if you know him. He's mm -hmm. uh, he was on Freaks and Geeks, and yep, he's like started stand up when he was like thirteen. Right, really funny, nice guy. Um, but he he was young at the you know when I did that, so that was a pizza place. So oh, okay, <laughs> it was just kind of George Wallace was in a, a steakhouse. So. Oh, nice. See, that's classy though. That's George. That that I can believe. <laughs> so it was just kind of cool to to sort of hang with them. But I didn't know them all personally before that. But Kevin, mm -hmm. I did know. He's great. But, so how did you? So if you didn't know them, like, did you did you have particular people in mind specifically for this book, though, or did yeah. you just kind of? Okay. No, no, there were people that I wanted to talk with and, you know, I just contacted them and they were either, you know, for it or against it. So most of them right. were on board. It was fun. That's cool. Yeah, no, because like even like Jerry Stiller at the time, too, I remember reading about him and the interview, you know, you had with him and stuff in here um, is uh, was something I didn't know. Like, I didn't really know, you know, uh, he had started out as a comedy team. I knew him from Seinfeld at that point. Right. But none of the history behind it and stuff. So yeah. that was always... Stiller and cool. they were they were yeah great. yeah they were uh it was not it was a nice little gateway drug i think into comedy and stand-up yeah and um, jerry uh so i interviewed him and i had known him for a really long time mm -hmm. um and there was a local restaurant in our neighborhood because we live in the same lived in the same area and um so we had lunch there but we started nice. out at a table and he, he it was one of those guys so mm -hmm. it's like um maybe we could do you want to move to that table so <laughs> now we have to get up and move to that table and well, right it was a little too cold over there can we go to that that's near a fireplace so then we you know and the the waitress is like yeah any anything you want to do but of course we're we've tramped through the entire we, <laughs> we basically ended up back at the same table he was perfectly content <laughs> But do you think that was a bit he was doing, or do you think he was just literally that finicky? About I just think that's how he rolled. He's, oh. He was just—he's just fun and wacky oh. and so cool. And uh, somebody just asked you, uh, "What is the?" We're gonna get random questions that pop up. I don't know if you know how Twitch works, but like, there's people watching. So somebody had asked, "What is the best joke you've ever heard?" Oh, oh, um, all right. I'm not saying it's. I'm gonna tell it good. Um, oh, no, <laughs> so, all right, so this came fast, but I'm ready. Okay, great. So this guy is sitting on a plane. He's in first class. Mm -hmm. And he's thinking, you know, I'm in first class. Clearly, he's new to first class. He's like, I wonder who's going to sit next to me, you know, VIP or somebody. Mm -hmm. Next thing you know, the Pope gets on. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, my God, it's the Pope. I hope he sits next to me. I hope he sits next to me. And he does. So the mm -hmm. Pope sits down. He's like, oh, God, the Pope is sitting next to me. Hope he talks to me. And then the Pope is doing a crossword puzzle. He's mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm really good at crossword puzzles. I hope he asks me a question. <laughs> so finally, the, the Pope's like, excuse me. Do you know a four-letter word referring to a woman? And the last three letters are U-N-T. <laughs> and he's thinking... I can't, I can't tell that to the Pope. So finally, he's like, oh, so he taps Mr. Pope. I believe the word you're looking for is ant. And the Pope's are like, oh, do you have an eraser? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. That's fantastic. That's a great joke. Uh, who did you, you hear it from? Do you remember or was it? No idea. 
No idea. Okay, that's great. I like that you have a favorite joke ready to go, though. I was going to give you some time. Yeah, no. Well, we'll use that time for something else that I'm not ready. <laughs> no. So wait, can I tell you what my one of my favorite jokes is? And not everybody no, likes I, it. I'd rather you, not. You'd rather not? That's fine. Fair enough. <laughs> nope. I no. want to hear. Scoongeal would like, no. Um, this is one of my favorite jokes. And uh, it's it's not for everybody, but I understand. So this guy, you know, he's had a long day. He's exhausted. He gets home from work. He lights a fire, he pours himself a glass of wine, dims the lights, and he gets a book out and he just sits by the fireplace to read. And he hears a knock at the door. He gets up, puts his book down, walks over to the door and opens the door and he looks around. He doesn't see anybody. And then he hears, and he looks down and it's a snail. And he goes, can I interest you in some magazine subscriptions? And the guy's like, picks the snail up and just throws him into the woods as hard as he can, goes back inside, continues to read. Five years later, Guy gets home, lights a fire, pours a glass of wine, sits down to read. Here's another knock at the door. He goes to the door and he opens it and he looks down at the snail and he goes, the fuck was that about? <laughs> I don't know why. I love, I love the idea of a snail taking five years to get back to a dude. <laughs> it, no, it, it's funny. I've actually, yeah. I've, heard, I've heard that joke. It's good. Oh, have you? Oh, good. Yeah. I have a, a, a favorite Kevin Meany joke, actually. And oh, I, what is I it? thought of this because... I met Kevin Meany, and he, I heard this joke at a uh, Fires Club golf outing that he was oh. performing at. Oh, wait. Right. I was probably there. I went to all really? of the outings with him. Yeah. All right. It was at the outing. Probably right around yeah, 2007, somewhere around there. Huh. And um, so his, uh, he gets up and he says, you know, my wife and I, we have a, do uh, a daughter. Mm -hmm. He gets a round of applause. And he says, we've named her John Bonet. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that's really fucking good you know uh kevin came out at one of the golf outings oh and, he did yeah and uh well, well this one he had a wife <laughs> so. well i think he still had a wife when he came out but he came oh, okay out. no um <laughs> but that was his one of his jokes was you know how do you tell your wife that you're gay and he's like well, what do i do i go home honey i'm homo <laughs> i just hear him saying it too that's fantastic so what so did you have like how did you wind up getting involved with like the friars can you tell us about that a little bit yeah i i gotta work on that story i wish it was more exciting yeah like i you know i, I wish somebody like famous said oh you need to work at, over at the friars club right <laughs> But um, no, I just sort of happened into it. I knew someone was working there. I, I had been at the, uh, it was the Museum of Broadcasting. It's, or it's now it's the Paley Center for Media. Yeah. And, um, so they did away with my position there, but somebody knew someone at the Friars Club. And I thought, all right, I'll, I guess I, I need a job. I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. um, and I basically started there as a, a temp, but they had a magazine. It's called The Epistle. And I had a, an article came out in the times and the executive director was like, Oh, you're a writer. The guy who publishes this, he just died. He was old. <laughs> don't, don't worry. Don't be upset. I was like, this is getting suspicious. That's what happens <laughs> over there. Yeah. No, yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't. <laughs> How and I was like, oh, I'm a writer, but I, I, <laughs> I don't know about publishing a magazine. So right. I, that's how I started. I segued and, and got myself in there. I mean, <clears throat> I was in there and then it got to and then I and then it just took him. off. And then I ended up what <laughs> you saw, 
So, so you ended up just doing it from that too, and that's how you wound up writing. I started you wrote that, her. and then I, I, I moved into there. I became their communications director, doing PR. Um, wow. And then writing for the roast, I was head writer for some of the roasts. So it just yeah, it, you it ended for... up being really wacky fun. Oh, there, there it you is. go. Yeah, you wrote for the Billy Crystal roast, right? Yes. Now that picture, actually, though they um, they named that bar the Billy Crystal Bar. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, let me bring that back up. So that was sort of at the uh, the event where we had this party for him. That's awesome. Now, are you actually pointing to anything? Or are you just doing the dramatic pose picture? <laughs> I think I was pointing. I didn't expect to be in the picture. Oh, okay, okay. So I think that was just a a random shot that wasn't posed. What is somebody said? What is something nice and really bad at the same time? Your wife could tell you in one sentence. That's a Weird. Nobody's going to answer that one. Uh, <laughs> I, th I, um, I think it's a joke setup. There. I think it's a joke setup yeah. too. And I wonder if he's, I think he's waiting to give us a joke. So we'll wait for the uh, a response to that. Um, Somebody. So, so when you were doing the, those things kind of too, like too, were you ever starstruck by anybody? Um, Somebody had asked that too. Yeah. I, um, and uh, yes and no. It, it's funny. Cause I, I worked with so many people, but and have to, and this sort of harkens back to just me. But I, um, I'm a huge. I was a huge fan of Mary Tyler Moore. Oh, and nice. So a lot of people are probably saying, "Who, you know, this is another <laughs> thing in my world." But um, so our our paths had crossed for years. I, mm -hmm. I was a reporter years before that um, for Cablevision on Long Island, okay. and. We met there, and then we met again at the Museum of um, Broadcasting. So mm -hmm. we, um, when they roasted Bob Newhart, um, she came to that roast, and I. So we sort of had um, more time to sort of chat and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But at some point, I had said to her, "You know, when we had brunch, and this was like, you know, years and years before." Mm -hmm. I said, "You know, there was a group of reporters because I was." covering her she was on broadway and um i said you know you you kicked me because <laughs> she was she was uncrossing her legs and she clocked me <laughs> and so i'm explaining this and i'm like as as i'm saying it and i think we all do this with celebrities why am i saying this yeah <laughs> why am i rambling yeah but all she said was and you want me to apologize now I was like, no, no, I was just sharing a funny little, oh, look, there's Mr. Newhart. Let's go over there. So. <laughs> and you're like, and we're done. You want it to yeah. be like that that great moment that you have with somebody where they're like, oh, my God, really? And they engage and then for a second they just cut it off short. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's over. But um, no, but it, it was fun. And uh, Quentin Tarantino was really cool. Um, oh, wow. So, yeah. So um, I was working with him on his roast and it happened to be my birthday that day. And uh, uh so uh, we all had to go down to dinner and he sang happy birthday. Wow. So there you go. That's incredible. That's cool. Those are good start. Those are good people to be starstruck by though. Yeah. Right. I had, uh, I wasn't starstruck, but like when I was younger, starting out in comedy, um, I was at the comic strip waiting to go on and Gary Gullman had uh, been hanging around. So I go on, sees me do my set, you know, and then we start talking or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, and there's a bunch of people at the bar. So it's really distracting. We've got audience members coming up, talking and then whatever. And he's kind of 
you know, chew my ear off. And I think it's awesome because when I was, you know, younger, I was like, oh my God, Gary Goleman, you know, he was on Torgasm. He's a really funny guy, been on all this stuff. <clears throat> and it was nice. He was taking the time to talk. So he, uh, he's asking me all these questions, how long I've been doing comedy, you know, great set, yada, yada. And then he goes, uh, this woman comes up to me at the same time. And she's like, hey, that's really funny. And in my head, I'm like, that's nice, but, you know, fuck off. I'm talking to Gary. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, like, I didn't care. But I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like half listening to him who he's still talking. And he goes, uh, so you're a yid, huh? And I didn't hear him say yid. I thought he said kid, anything else. I just wasn't half paying attention. And I'm still talking to this woman. So I went to him. I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I like trying to brush her off. So I do. And I turn back. And he goes, so what did your parents think about you doing stand up? And I was just like, oh, I'm Italian. So I was like, oh, they didn't really care. They didn't, you know, as long as I wasn't like robbing people, you know what I mean? Like it didn't, you know, it looks like I didn't go to the family business. Um, so I was like, oh yeah, they were fine with it. And he goes, oh, that's interesting. You know? And he goes with Jewish parents. A lot of the time they feel like, and in my head, I'm like Jewish parents. And then I all of a sudden like rewind and play back the whole thing. I realize he says Yid. And in my head, I'm like, fuck. I got to tell him like the truth. Like, I'm like, you got to tell him the truth. And instead I'm just verbally speaking and lying more. I'm like, just <laughs> like, yeah, no, they were surprisingly fine with it. You know I mean? You know, for really. And he's like, Oh, because my parents and the lot now it's just building and compounding. And then I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. When am I going to see him again? He's not going to give a shit about me. He doesn't know who I am. And I'm like, whatever. And then I realized I'm going on again later and he's on the same show and he's going to hear my last name and it's Poveromo. So I'm like, <laughs> So like an asshole, I'm like, jig is up. But instead I go, yeah, by the way, you know, I'm only Jewish on my mom's side, which is Jewish anyway. So I'm just, <laughs> which is just like, which is so then I'm like, oh, you fucking idiot. And he's like, yeah, no, I fit, you know, whatever. And I was like, oh, that's so dumb. And then, uh, so now I'm like, so anyway, he's like, yeah, we got to work together sometime. Yada, yada. And I'm like, how long am I going to have to continue this lie? Where like, he's inviting me to do, you know, bat mitzvahs and a fuck, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like how long am I going to have to pretend? And then, uh, which is, I, and I was talking to John Fish, who I was friends with, still friends with, but I was talking to him and I tell him, cause he's close with Gary Goleman. He thinks this is the funniest goddamn fucking thing he's ever heard. He's like, you do realize I'm fucking telling him. And I'm like, I don't like, don't. And he's like, no, 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 it's absolutely happening. And I was like, you don't understand. Like I would have done anything. Like if, if, if he was like, if he mistook me for gay, I still would have been like, yeah, no, but I only suck dick on my mom's side. It's fine. You know what I mean? Like I would have just said whatever it was. <laughs> to make because it would have derailed the conversation so anyway he he texts me a photo of him singing across from gary at uh at whatever at, at, at like at a diner somewhere and he just sends me a message that says you're out of the club <laughs> i was just like what club <laughs> like, like what and then, yeah that's all he fucking said to me and i was like no and then he's like oh he thinks it's hilarious but wait i yeah. i love though that you were so quick to, to go with on my mom's side even. I mean, that's brilliant. Thanks, yeah. I just didn't want to disappoint him. I felt like he was really invested in this <laughs> conversation. And well, clearly you were too, so. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it was awesome. I was like, oh, he's hanging around. That's pretty sweet. I don't get to hang out at the comic strip bar talking to a, you know, you know, huge comedian at the time. So, yeah. So that was, the, like, I, I don't think I've ever been, like, wildly. I saw Jane Fonda in the serious uh i was doing serious radio not to brag and uh it's not a brag uh <laughs> literally everybody does it um but like i she walked by and i literally went to go like like kind of like that for like half a second and mobbed with people and i immediately felt like i was almost one of those assholes you know what i mean like 
I almost got up to be like, oh, you're, you know, she was on newsroom at the time. So I was like, oh, yeah. that's a phenomenal show. Yada, yada, yada. And she was great with um, in Barefoot in the Park. Those are my only two references, by the way. Uh, <laughs> is, is that really so wrong to, you know, to see somebody that, I mean, let's face it. I think even stars get starstruck. So, yeah. you know, they can go about it differently, but. I don't, I don't know. I don't think there's anything wrong with somebody going up to somebody. I mean, it depends where you are. I, yeah. I think, I think it was um, Paul Newman was asked, you know, do you, why did you stop signing autographs? And I think his answer was something like when I was standing at a urinal. <laughs> so. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um, yeah. I know it's weird. I think like, and Skunjil can probably back us up too on this, but like, I don't do it now so much. Like now I take every opportunity to just at least tell somebody I appreciate them or I'm a fan. But when right. you're, for some reason, when you're starting out in comedy, when I was, when I first started out, it was like every club owner, every other comedian was like, you don't approach bigger comics. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, don't ask for photos. And I, you know, there was a lot of missed opportunity there, which is hilarious because it's like, you know, I remember um, I've, I've talked to him since, but like I, at this point, but like, when I was starting out, Dave Attell, I worked on a show with him, never asked for a photo, like barely spoke at the time. And then uh, Louis C.K. and Todd Barry were hanging out and walking in too. And again, I never got to just be like, hey, you know, big fan or whatever, because I thought it was like, I thought I'd be out of the business <laughs> that I was barely even in. Well, like no one knew who the fuck I was. Little, don't bother me. You're it, also kind it also of does depend who you. Yeah. Go on. I'm sorry. Well, who you and well, you know, some of them are kind of touchy. I mean, that's a given. Sure. Um, and the picture thing, I agree. I mean, working at the Friars, it's not like I, I, I ended up with a lot of pictures for things like, you know, standing next to Billy yeah. there and, you know, the photographer, whatever. Um, but it was the people that would come up to them and would just go on. Oh, my aunt Zelda, she, we, we saw you. Do you remember us sitting in the fifth row up in the yeah. balcony? That's when they're, they're done. Exactly. Yeah. That's fucking obnoxious. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's uh there's only been like a few times where like, I thought, Oh, somebody said, do you think there's pressure on comedy with the woke cult around? Have you feel, do you feel any, uh, have any opinions on that? Yeah, I think, well, I think there's just tons of, pressure on comedy for every reason at this point you know, yeah where, where to begin i mean you've got you know you can't say anything without you know it's the cancer culture thing cancel mm -hmm. culture thing coming it's out. a cancer that's it's, for sure. it's a cancer yes yeah it's tough um and they're fighting it is a lot of comedians who are just trying to say you know i'm, I'm gonna do what i want to do I'm, I'm in the business to make people laugh right and, you know, that's what they're up there for. And it's the old thing. <laughs> you know, you don't like their comedy, then don't go to the show. Yeah. Can they get the fuck out of the room? Exactly. But there is a lot of people who are enjoying what they're saying. And there yeah. are and there are comedians who <clears throat> who are, you know, towing the straight and narrow then if that's how it has to be. And right. I, I can't fault them either because, uh, you know, they're just doing what they want to do as long as they're applying their craft. Yeah. And how they ply it, it's up to them. And there seems to be room for all of it regardless. Like there there's only like even going out on the road, I mean, there's if you just stay on Twitter, if you just stay on, you know, any of the social media apps, you would assume everybody is rigid, miserable, 
unforgiving. <laughs> but like, if you're touring the country, it doesn't, it's not like that at all. Like nine times out of 10, the people that are coming out, you know, to see comedy want to enjoy the show. The only people I ever had trouble with when I was on the road out of, out of all, the entire time was in the last four years with the Trump crowd. And the closer it got to that end of his reign, it was like they were bloodied in the water. You know what I mean? Like they were feeling like, you know, right. backed into a corner. And that the only time it ever got weird. Other than that, you know, there's no real complaints. Um, everybody understands it's, you know, a joke or whatever. But the, but the media kind of feeds on it now. Yeah. Oh, they definitely do. Yeah. Because somebody it, said, but if they self-censor to conform, surely that is a bad thing for comedy itself. I mean, if they self-censor, I mean, that's survival anyway. Like if you've got comics that are going to, you know, in my opinion anyway, and you can, you, you know, tell me if I'm wrong, but like, I feel like you're going to have comedians that are going to want to, you know, uh, conform, so to speak or whatever, just because they want to make money. You know, if they've got a college scene, they're not going to, they're not going to yeah, fuck everybody. The, you know, everybody self-censors. If, as soon as they get on stage somewhat, you know, we, you know, we sure. all tell jokes that we wish we could tell and don't tell in certain environments. That's, that's a normal thing. Yeah. Have you we met all have our Gilbert own drama. Gottfried? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Gilbert. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But think about that. He doesn't say. No, but, but I, 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 I do agree with you. I know what you're saying. And it's, it's yeah. true. But here's you and Gilbert. Now, oh, by the way. There you are. That was fantastic. And obviously you're saying something hilarious to him. I love that these pictures aren't, you're right. When they're not, when there's a photographer in the room, it's just 10 times better to see this stuff. Cause I hate uh, staged photos for the most part. Right. And I'm not saying I don't have my fair share of those, but th these are more fun and it's. No, it's I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. But it, but it is a weird time. Like it, people don't understand it. And even I've, I've got friends who like don't quite grasp, like, cause everybody's afraid and they kind of want to be on the right side. So the minute somebody starts talking about cancel culture, they think like they get like a, their spine up about it or whatever. But in my opinion, there's always this middle ground where, cause they'll be like, Oh, you know, so-and-so came back and so-and-so came back. And I'm like, yeah, after they were raked through the fucking coals before anybody decided to comb through what was actually happening to me, cancel culture, isn't this guy got caught and then he goes away. That's usually justifiable most of the time. Um, but it's the middle point where they lose everything first immediately because there's, it's a very like now responsive culture. And then, you know, and then afterward they're like, Oh, you know what? After further review, so-and-so. So there's like mental, abuse there there's like fucking financial stakes there's their family you know um it's it's crazy you know it, it's it hits on multiple levels people don't understand it yeah well it's very knee-jerk it's like let's judge now and then oops later well that oops damages a lot of people yeah so, you know yeah exactly and if you are there's somebody said something about being offended but if you are like i don't like offense is ridiculous it's 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 subject to change all the time and those people need to you know, I think I, it's insane. I'm not offended by anything. I don't know why. I just, I'm, I'm just not. Nothing bothers me. Like, I never lie awake at night over something somebody said or a joke somebody told. And the people who do feel like that, I feel like they've got a mental illness and they need to deal with it. <laughs> like it's, I'm not going to, you know, like stay inside then and, you know. <laughs> well, you were clearly never bullied. No, that's not true. I was. I just, you know, I shook it off. <laughs> you know or or like but I, I mean like bullied yes to an extent but like i feel like uh you know you work on yourself there's people that just aren't working on themselves is what it seems like but and I that's what seems like twitter is full of people who aren't working on themselves well, <laughs> but comedians also they they are they it's funny because 
they're doing something that you can be pummeled up there naked with yeah. you know, people harassing and heckling and hating you, or they're liking you and loving you. Mm -hmm. um, yet they're very sensitive people. Right. Um, so it, it's kind of a, an interesting dynamic in that in having that career, because yeah. a lot of them do stay up all night thinking, oh, well, if I didn't say that line, maybe, yeah. that, oh. maybe that guy in front would have laughed. Damn oh it. yeah, we're always looking at the one person who's got their arms crossed in the front row who's just not having a good time. It's a, like 300 people in the room, one guy miserable. And then, exactly. you know, you realize his face is just like that, but he's having a black. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know. <laughs> he's um, blind, he's deaf. Yeah. He's just, he was dragged and, in. And there's also an assumption about comics that like because we're making fun of something, we care less about it. But the truth is, and if you ever listen to if they ever if people ever take the time to listen to comics, especially when they're talking much like we're doing now, like that's how they cope. A lot of people cope with humor. A lot of people cope with their demons, their fears, their their mental illness, whatever it is, by making light of it. And yeah. it's weird to me that there's a whole subset of that that goes, uh, you're offending me. I don't deal with things that way. And you're not allowed to deal with it that way. Like, it's so weird because they're very much like protective of their own safe space. But that's a, com a comic safe space is going, you know, I'm dealing with death this way. I'm dealing with my illness this way. I'm dealing with my fear this way. And it's all through jokes. Right. So it's weird to see a group of people going, that's not how you should deal with it. Because right. <laughs> it upsets me. Well, well, those are, that's the audience members who are super sensitive and staying up at night and saying, why did he say that? So yeah, it, it, it's no win. Right. No, no. And it's not. That's why people just got to keep doing what they're doing. Like you said, they're kind of coming out of it now, I think. Did you see the Comedy Store documentary? I haven't. Oh, it's really good. It's like five episodes. We should just live stream that. That'd be fantastic. Um, Barry, stay a while. Uh, <laughs> strap in. It's five hours. Um, it's really well, fucking good. But by the end of it, they all kind of talk about, you know, that kind of culture and, and how it's kind of being pushed back on finally. And people are kind of getting a hold of, you know, how to handle it, how to ride that wave out. So. There's that. Uh, thanks for asking. Yeah, thanks for asking that question, guy. I don't know who you are. Um, so, so was there ever a point in time where you like? Did you take a break for a while from writing that kind of stuff or being a part of that, or did you? Did you never feel? Because like I feel like sometimes writers, comedians, stuff like that, they gotta go. They gotta take a little break. You know what I mean? Like they're too immersed in it. But did you ever do that, or did you stake with it the whole? Time? No, not really. I mean, um, yeah, no. Once I got started into it, I just, I just sort of stick with it. Um, yeah. You know, now I, I mean, I, I, I write for other things too. Uh, right. I, I, I can be, I can even be serious. Oh, um, very nice. <clears throat> but for the most part, it's the humor. You know, I, I write these essays that um, I really have a lot of fun uh, with. It's, it's sort of, and I have this one man show, My Life in Five Essays by Barry Doherty that it, it nice. sort of traverses my life of, mm -hmm things that have happened and whatnot. So um, that's awesome. Yeah. It's a different approach. Cause I'm usually writing either. I was writing for other people or about other people. And so this was a, a fun way that I can, well, it's, it's ego. So I can write about myself. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. Did you, but you never thought about performing. Um, it's funny. I, I had, and as a matter of fact, when I started um, How to Do It Standing Up, and my plan was I'm going to talk to all of these 
comedians mm -hmm. and talk about their experiences, get their first time and their worst time, um, you know, and, and what makes them tick and what they were all about. By the time I got through these interviews where all their first time was basically I had to get high, I had to get drunk, I vomited <laughs> right before I got on there and froze, you know, I thought, I'm not doing this. <laughs> so I kind of mixed it. But I, I do like the, I, I perform my essays. Um, I've okay. been in groups where I would, uh, you know, read them and, you know, in front of an audience. So I, I like presenting that way. I'm nice. But it was just the, you know, the standing naked with your own thoughts and jokes and talking to the audience. I don't know. I wasn't yeah. ready for it. No, I understand. Especially with, all, I didn't think about that. After talking to that many comedians and hearing their first starts fail so many times, you're like, oh, yeah. I'm good. Now, most of their stories were, you know, tragic from, and that was what was so funny. Like their yeah. worst moments were the funniest moments. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, so now I'm, I'm thinking I'm, I, I, no, they, you have to really, well, you know this, you have to be so tough and yeah. so strong to be a comedian. Um, it's just incredible how smart they are. And you know what I'm saying? They and not you. How yeah, smart no, I got they it. Are. I, I, Right over. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is you know, a rare, rare breed. I'm like, uh, who surprised you the most, Barry? Tell me, uh, Behind the Bits podcast, which is a great podcast, by the way, hosted by Scott Curtis. Uh, he's on our channel. He wants to know who surprised you the most. <laughs> yeah. Can I tell you, my, my guess is uh, Rodney without the robe on. That was my guess. Wait, who? What? I said my 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 guess for who you were the most surprised by was Rodney without his robe. Oh, without his <laughs> what? No, not even Milton, a ball slip. Well, Milton Berle has. If anyone knows um, Milton Berle, he's known for yeah. having the the biggest schlong. Yep. So you know when when they uh, when he would get into a contest and somebody say, "Let's see, you know, who's bigger?" He'd say, "Well, how much should I, do you want me to take out or something?" That's hilarious. Yeah, that was probably uh, like I, I like that he's known for two things, mostly for stealing jokes and then also for just having the biggest dick. <laughs> like, like that's it's sad that like that's the two things I know about Milton. Um, wait, so what was that question? Who the question was, who were you the most surprised by meeting? Well, I don't know about I was surprised this way. So um, Uma Thurman was on the uh Quentin Tarantino roast hmm. and she really didn't want to do it. Um, mm -hmm. But she was on board with it and she was game for it. Cause she's very cool. Yeah. And um, so I had written all of this stuff and it was sort of a theme about her having a foot fetish um, or not, or actually Quentin having a foot fetish. Yes. He's got the foot fetish. I was like, oh. about, about her. And mm -hmm. so I, I sort of brought this up to her and, um, She's like, no, I don't, I don't think I want to do that. Okay. So then she kept putting me off from actually sitting down and meeting and what do we do? Okay. We finally got something and uh, she gets up there and she goes into the foot fetish and mm -hmm. she, she took her shoe off, her Louboutin shoes, uh, both of them and um, poured champagne into them. And she, and Quentin that's fantastic drank out of them. It, it made like the uh, you know the cover of some newspapers and whatnot 
And right. I'm thinking, well, I thought we weren't going there. So yeah. it's, it's funny how they, um, you know, if you're not a comedian and a lot of these people I work with, they aren't, they're actors and, and mm -hmm. whatnot. So it's not something they necessarily um, are comfortable with in, in the roast format and, and doing things like that and saying things yeah. they're not usually saying. So it was, it, I think that that was a big turnaround for me. Were you, were you around, so you, how, what years were you at the Friars then? So from what to, were you there like during Richard Pryor's roast? I had started just after. Just after. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, those, that's one of the ones that I heard a shit ton of story that it was like fucking wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. my first roast was Billy Crystal's. Um, oh, okay. Oh, wow. So that was your first one then. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Well, that picture though, wasn't from the, uh, his roast. That's when they named the bar in the friars after him. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. Even yeah, though, gonna... even though he doesn't drink, <laughs> they named it. Anyway. <laughs> That's almost cruel in a way. It's very um, friendly. Do you, do you remember any, any jokes that you loved that people refused to fucking do? Uh, no, that's pretty much it until she did it. No, there's, um, nobody, nobody refused to do any jokes. Oh, that's good. Steven Seagal was roasted. Oh, Jesus. And even after, even Milton Berle was like, I think he had a gun on him. I mean, he just, <laughs> he just sat there. He was not happy with, <laughs> with That's all hilarious. going on. So, do you like the current roasts that are on now, or do you feel like do you kind of steer away from that sort of thing? Um, I don't dislike them. I like the comedians. I think what uh, mm -hmm. initially um, what threw me was th there were people who didn't really know how to do a roast. Right. So a lot of them would get up and do their act, and then they just sort of throw in the name. Um, but then they got it fine tuned. Like you know, Jeffrey Ross helped to kind of. Oh school them in in how you're supposed to do this um, yeah he's the he's the best yeah so um that kind of got straightened out and so no they're fine i mean they're not always funny right that's any roast you know you can watch some of the old friar roasts and you know there's there's a lot of um there's a lot, a lot of quiet rooms <laughs> yeah i can't remember okay uh, there's it's less about honoring the person. You see, it seems like uh, the friars and some of the older ones would be people that you know you're being roasted by your friends, people that knew you, and was kind of. It doesn't seem like that as much on the Comedy Central ones, right? Oh, that's, that's definitely true, and that that is a big difference. And that was a that was a problem I had too because um, they were they were pretty much initially even choosing sort of their Comedy Central comedians, mm -hmm. which in fairness, why wouldn't they? Right. But they also don't know anything about these people that they're roasting. And that's why right. it became difficult for them to even bother trying to kind of make it personal. Right. Yeah, I think the last one that they did that was almost somewhat reminiscent of the older ones was when they roasted James Franco. And it was literally all of his buddies, except for like Natasha Leggero and... Uh, Maybe one other person, I think, who they didn't really know that well. Right, and 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 that's right, and that's that's and that made it more fun because when the when the guest of honor is sitting there and they have, well, if a total stranger is roasting them, they're just going to ride with and think, okay, whatever. 
Right. But when their friends are up there, they have no idea how far they're going to go, when, if that line's going to be crossed. And they know they know things that they don't <laughs> unfold. So, and if, right. if you add alcohol into the mix, because they do, mm -hmm. a lot of them, they're drinking on the, you know, at the event. Yeah. Who knows? Are there comics that you wish you got? Oh, somebody asked, how about the, how about the Dean Martin roasts? Are you a fan of those? I am. Um, they were, uh, they were based on the Friars roasts. Um, oh, yeah. The producer who started that with Dean um, was a friar. And so it, it was oh. sort of a natural progression and it was a brilliant idea. Um, but again, you know, I, you watch them, some of them are dated and a little hokey, mm -hmm. um, but for the most part, no, they're just a lot of fun. And you get to see a lot of those old timers in their prime. Yeah. Is there any truth to the, uh, there's a rumor about, I don't know. I think I maybe Scott had told me this about uh, a piss bucket going around. Like they were, the roasts <laughs> were so long that they would like actually just pass around this bucket. So, all right, well, here's this. It's the, the main story is really about Johnny Carson. So, oh, okay. so he was being roasted and, mm -hmm. you know, now they sort of, especially when it's televised, they'll stop, you know, take, take a break or whatever. And, right. You know, people can go pee. Um, but back in its heyday, you know, you sat there for three hours pretty much while all these guys, because they could get up and leave. But as the guest of honor, you were sitting there. Right. So apparently Johnny had the, felt the call. So, <laughs> and I cover this in, um, I, I wrote a book called the Friars Club Book of Roasts, which is sort of a history of all these different silly things that went on. Mm -hmm. So I, I interviewed all these people because I had heard about this. What happened? At Johnny had to pee on the dais. So I saw, like, I talked to Buddy Hackett, and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I gave him the bucket. What? what? <laughs> but, you know, and then, and then I, I talked to Norm Crosby. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we had champagne buckets. I was like, okay, well, at least I know where the bucket came from. Right. So, <laughs> So now Norm Crosby's giving him the bucket. And then right. I, I talked to Red Buttons. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, that was bad. You know, he leaned into me and said, oh, I got a piece. So I gave him the bucket. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> Holy shit. That's so hilarious. Then, and then I, um, I talked to Ed McMahon. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, yeah, I was in the audience. <laughs> I could see he had to pee. Like, what? How, I love how Ed's how story is inconveniencing himself. <laughs> yeah, by Johnny. So that's I'm, hilarious. I'm thinking urban myth at this at this point, but I heard a story where Ed McMahon actually was the bucket. Is that true? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I heard that Johnny just pissed on Ed, and then <laughs> that 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 was just week nights after the show. Little Back when he was drinking, right? <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I'd heard that rumor, and I was like, I don't know if it's true or not. That's cool that you got to talk with Buddy Hackett, too. I remember, uh, don't drink the buckets. <laughs> don't drink the buckets. <laughs> That's <laughs> fucking hilarious. Oh, are there any other stories like that, like like rumors and shit like that going on about the Friars Rose? Because there must have been some debauchery going on back in those days. Yeah, there definitely was, and none of it necessarily rumors, but... Um... <laughs> 
<laughs> well, now there's a rumor about how many buckets there actually were. <laughs> and what was wrong with Johnny's bladder, which I'm going to start. <laughs> they, they may all be telling the truth. He may have had to piss that many times. We don't know. <laughs> it required six buckets. Mike, my, my, yeah. it's almost like they, they had heard this this rumor themselves and they wanted to be a part of it. So my favorite is that Ed in the audience still got to be a part of it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, John, you got me. Oh my God. Malibu and I ran up to you know what would have been really funny is if Ed ran all the way up with a bucket and Johnny was like, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> buddy, buddy already gave me a bucket. Yeah, exactly. I got Buddy's bucket. It's fine. That's yeah, fucking Johnny, hilarious. It's funny. I, I wanted to um to interview Johnny for for the book. Mm -hmm. And so I could ask him personally. Um but what ended up happening, so I had never met him. He'd been in California, he never came to the club or anything. Mm. But I, my phone my, at the office rings one day mm. and I pick it up and it's this woman saying, please hold for Johnny Carson. I'm like, wait, no, you don't, you don't just do that. <laughs> Why? <laughs> what, yeah. what, what? And then, so Johnny, hi Barry, it's Johnny Carson. I'm like, oh, he goes, so um, I got your, uh, you know, I, I heard that you, you know, you want to interview me for the, for the book. I'm like, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I don't want to do your book and I'm going to tell you one. Okay. And he, he went on this sort of tirade about the roasts and what they had become. He didn't like that they were televised. Wow. He didn't like that women were roasting. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. So he, he wasn't that happy with the roasts and, and whatnot. So, and I said, wow. so this is all fine. So let's talk about that. I mean, I'm yeah. not here to, to just write the story of the roasts. And if that's your story and your what how you feel, right. bring it on. But he's like, no, no, I don't want to, I don't want any part of it. Um, so that's why I did not get to ask him. He didn't want his image of being a womanizer and five-time divorce to get out, you know, <laughs> to, to ruin that image. Well, it kind of made sense. Yeah. <laughs> he'd, been yeah it... by, he'd been roasted by all those women in real life. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That whole Joan Rivers thing must have driven him crazy, too. Yeah. Did you, did you interview? Did you ever interview Joan? I didn't. Um, well, I did. I interviewed her for a, a, a magazine Profile, okay, but not for the book, but um, yeah, because I was going to say there's some people missing that I thought you would have like, I, my next question was going to be, is there anybody that you wanted to get and couldn't get? Because I noticed there's a few people missing from a couple of your books, but I wasn't sure if it was personal choice or, you know, Carson being one of them. A lot of it is that some just decided they didn't want to do it or whatnot. Mm. So for Bastards. whatever reason. Bastards. Yeah, motherfucker. Joan, that drive me crazy. But jo Joan was great, but she... um she was started it was it wasn't long after edgar died oh so she got a little serious um talking about that and um i thought oh okay wow it was so it was um it was a nice conversation but it was um it was it was tough and it, it was sad but then she launched into why at that time she didn't want to be roasted she said because it's only going to be about her face and her looks and right. she felt that, and rightfully so, I think at the time, that's how she felt that uh, when they roasted women, that's all they had to sort of go on. Right. 
Um, yeah, so. well, when they did wrote, when they did wind up roasting her, I mean, it was just about how she looked, and you know, I mean, Geraldo, a brilliant roaster and brilliant comic, but yeah, he fucking he had some of the best lines that night and like laced into her. Yeah, like how, when he said, uh, "How much worse because your real face have looked like." <laughs> <laughs> that was fucking like that was hilarious but she seemed to take it in stride well I, I owing from what she had been thinking all along she just expected it so nothing right. surprised her you know when they they roasted lucille ball back in um you know like 1961 mm -hmm. and uh, johnny carson was the roast master and he got up and he said um and it was, you know, at those times, it was just, it was stag. So it was men only in the room. Right. And uh, he said, so guys, um, just listen up and be cool because we have a lady here today. So treat her with some respect. Mm -hmm. And then he introduced her as Lucille Testicle. <laughs> at the end, she, her little speech was, you know, if I didn't have this last name, you guys would have had nothing to joke about. So <laughs> that's pretty much how they felt about women then, and you know, right. but to how to roast them. Didn't they have Mom's Mabley on? Was that not? I thought she was there on a couple of them. Uh, not the Friars, but she was at the Dean Martin roasts. Oh, that's you know, I always, I kind of always mix those two up. But I guess yeah, she wasn't at the. Oh, drinks, jokes, and wait, what did they say? It looked like was. emojis. Oh, it was emoji. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, there was a, there was a couple people that I think were like, uh, like Robin. Were you there for any when he was there for any of the roasts? Robin Williams when he was around? Yeah, he's a he he was at. Uh, I, well, I was at Whoopi's roast um, when That's Ted right. Danson came out in blackface. No way. Um, yeah. So. No one said that wasn't a good idea at the time. <laughs> you, you think? Uh, <laughs> Did anybody clear that? Uh, they didn't. That was the fun part, I guess. Yeah. But, you know, in in fairness, uh, you know, he and Whoopi worked on it uh, together. They were yeah. dating at the time, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, he. I, I don't know. I don't think they were very fair to Whoopi. They didn't really defend her. Enough. Yeah. No, I don't think. I think and, that was horseshit. Right, and she took a lot. Uh, you know, a lot for it. And he certainly took a lot for it. He still does. It comes up yeah. on my feed. There's always some, you know, Ted Danson and blackface thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. But she was even explaining, she said, you know, a lot went on at that roast. I mean, you had RuPaul dressed as a nun, humping the podium, screaming, you know, give it to me baby or whatever. Right. So um, yeah, that was, that was tough. But Robin was at that as, uh, mm -hmm. and, um, I think it was a Billy Crystal's also. Oh yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so what, so are you like, are you missing it now? Like, cause I can't imagine like, what are you working on now? Like that you're like COVID's hit. I can't imagine you're going out too much, but you must still be able to write. Like, are you, are you missing that being that in that environment though? Yeah, I am. Um, yeah, I can imagine. I mean, it was just, and it wasn't just these events. I mean, it was cause it's a club, a club. Yeah. So it was this great old mansion in Midtown. Mm -hmm. And they would come for lunch and and drinks and dinner and they would just sort of hang out. So it, right. yeah, so I totally miss that. Um, but everyone's missing it now anyway, so I don't feel that. Yeah. Bad. Well, there's another rumor I heard going around that it was actually Shecky that started COVID. So can you confirm or did not? <laughs> uh, he's, uh, he's still alive, right? <laughs> he's, he's still around, isn't he? 
believe so. Yeah, he's at, but he's still at the club. I don't know. I, I realized that as I said it, where I was like, "Is he dead?" No, I don't think he's dead. Well, he, he's in LA. Oh, he's in LA. Yeah. Well, then they're not practicing out there anyway. So. You know, Barry, I, like social clubs around the country, a lot of them are not surviving. It's a generational thing. Is yeah. there a future for the Friars Club? Is there still going to be Friars, new Friars, young comics that become Friars? Well, the thing with the Friars is they managed over the years to sort of continue on. And mm -hmm. like a lot of social clubs just died because there was no nobody else came up. Right. But with the Friars, they always had, I mean, you have to go way back, but you know, every so often, I mean, way, way back, but every so often they think, oh my God, what are we gonna do? We're nothing but old people. Like, you know, that was George M. Cohen and Irving Berlin saying, what are we gonna do? And then, right. then you know, George Burns comes along as a young kid. And now, you know, he's getting old. What are we going to do? And now Alan King. So there's always been somebody. Right. Um, but now it, it, it's, a, it's a little tougher, I would think. Just, you know, people don't, you guys, really, you're going to hang out in a social club? And I don't know. Yeah, Rich, Richie no. Byrne is the young friar, actually. That's the yeah, guy. Richie Burns. Yeah, uh, one of our other comics, Margaret Gadana, just said, uh, is there a rumor that Richie Byrne got banned for showing one ball? <laughs> the Friars Club. It wasn't for showing one ball. It's because he didn't show both. <laughs> He'll be happy to know he can amend that. I think he only has one ball. Is that well, true? Then, I'm going to start that rumor. Yeah, we're just starting all the rumors tonight. I like that. Um, yeah, that's cool. I mean, I don't know. I would not hang out. I mean, you know, there's still some people there that that would be pretty cool to fucking see and hang out with. Uh, you know, I wouldn't want to go on an off night, which I'm sure that happens a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you can, you know, that's like any place, any restaurant, even, you know, whatever bar, it's, they have their nights. and Right. Did you, you worked with Jerry Lewis too, right? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Uh, did was that, was he, what mood was he? Because there were, I, I've heard stories where there's like three different Jerry's <laughs> on any given day. Were you around for all three? Were you, did you get the pleasant Jerry? I met each and every one. <laughs> Cause I heard he could be very, very generous. I have a friend who's close, who's close friends with him and he showed all three, he would get a free. <laughs> Mark said if Richie showed all three, he would get a free year. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a, you know, there's like uh I don't know. Like I've heard, I've heard he could be very, very generous. And then also like snap. Yeah. I mean, I, he, he was, um, I would say a star of his time, uh, I mm. guess, you know, um, I always got along with him. I, 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 cool. I happen to like him. Um, again, another birthday because I, I seem to celebrate birthdays over there, but, uh, <laughs> and talk, and this is, this goes under what we talked about earlier about, you know, people that uh, you kind of you grew up with or you wanted to know, even though I'd been working with him. So I, I was on the phone with him for something one day and it happened to be my birthday. Mm -hmm. And I never do this, but I had to say, you know, Mr. Lewis, I have to tell you, today's my birthday. And it's <laughs> kind of cool that I'm talking to Jerry Lewis on my birthday. Yeah. And he just broke into happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to Barry. It's a shame you're not a Jew. 
Okay. That's fantastic. So, I mean, how, how can I have a problem with that man? Right. No, no. It, it seemed like from what I've, I've heard, he just doesn't seem like he suffers fools very easily. So if he, you know, if he liked you and you were around and hanging around him, that's, he was, he, you were close to him and that was that. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I think if you, you know, you can read accounts and see whatever else he may have said to other people and whatnot, but. Sure. I, you know, I yeah, kind but, of miss people on my, my personal experiences with them. Yeah. Same. Yeah, I think that's how you should. So what is your, I mean, I don't want to keep you too long either, but like, I just want to get a kind of, what is your general opinion of like, do you think comedy is going to survive COVID? Do you think we're going to come back stronger? Do you think we're going to stumble a little bit? Because I feel like comedy over the years survived a lot, but what's your... It's going to survive. You know? There's no, I mean, it's been around since cavemen, you know, let's face it. <laughs> Battering people with bones is, that's funny. Yeah, that's um, hilarious. But, oh yeah. And, and even... Even with COVID, I mean, you've turned into these Zoom events that people are doing, um, standing in the back of a, a, a pickup truck uh, in front of, you know, people so yeah. distant. I mean, people are working it. And, um, you know, you look at uh, Sarah Cooper and Maria Dakotas, you, you know, finding a way to make comedy and putting it out on social media. Yeah. Um, they, they're working. And they're right. getting known, they're getting their names and faces out there. So I think it's just comedians are resilient. People need that, they need the release, um, definitely need the release and they're gonna need it once we can get back to normal. So yeah, no, it's here to stay. Don't you worry. Thank you. That's a very optimistic, I like, I like that. I like that we're kind of ending on an optimistic note because uh, this is a dystopia that we're kind of in. I, somebody said, I think art is going, it went away too fast. I think art is going to have a rebirth. I think it is too. I think uh, I think everybody's going to be clamoring for entertainment and real comedy and stand-ups and shit again. It's going to be fun. Yeah, totally. I, um, I'm on board with it. Great. And now you know after this, we are going to be friends. Like I'm going to like I know I have your number. We've been talking a little bit, but now I'm going to actually come and see you because this is this is I feel like this is a good right. No, I, I get a say in this, right? Do you really? Do you really though? I feel like <laughs> I've been tapping this whole thing. Like I have a trace on where you live now. I got a. I got a fucking, uh, you know, drone coming out. That's going to be great. <laughs> All right, then. Bring it on. All right, cool. I will, then I will see you. Remember. No. <laughs> uh, Skunjil said he doesn't think you're going to remember me. I'm going to have to shave and cut my hair by that point. <laughs> I'll still have the book, though. I'll just show up with it signed. You'll always be a dude to me. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's very cool of you. It's a very, uh, uh, like, uh, what's, what's his name? Jeff... Um, Fucking, uh, oh my God. Jeff Norris. No, not Norris, you fool. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Bridges, yeah, man. I take that into, it's the, oh, he's right. the dude. Um, all right, cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you giving up an hour and something of your time. It was uh, painful, but I got through it. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, please. I can't wait till you actually do write about something and all you say is, John Poveromo, it was painful. And then just leave it at that. <laughs> Well, you know, there's an essay in everything that happens in my life. Keep that in mind. Oh, wow. Okay, great. Now I'm a little scared. All right, cool. John holding. I am holding people hostage. No one's allowed to leave this environment. Well, wait. I feel like I'm in an escape room. <laughs> and there's right. no way out. And I'm waiting for the kid on the other side of the door to put down his porn and mm -hmm. let me out. <laughs> well, it is a pandemic. So you'll be waiting a long time for anybody to put that shit away. There's chatterbait now, man. That shit goes on forever. <laughs> Every hour there's somebody new on. 
Oh God. Well, listen, thanks again so much for coming on. Um, I suck at ending these things. Apparently we've learned. Uh, so I'll be quick editing that. Oh, look at him. That's it. It's just me now. That's fucking terrible. Tokyo tonight. Oh, 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 oh,